Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And welcome to 51 First Dates, the podcast where we drink and talk about dating. (laughs) Thank you for being here. We are thrilled you're here. Uh, Kimmy, and I, Kimmy and I have just been bitching about our, <laughs> our whole lives. We complained so that we hopefully won't complain for, for to like you. an hour. <laughs> so if we are uh, salty today, that's why. It's not you, and we're so grateful that you're joining us again on this lovely Tuesday or whatever day you're listening to this, really, because you might not listen to it the first day it's out. But thank you so much for all of your lovely reviews. Rate, subscribing, and reviewing is so helpful to us. It seems so silly. I hate begging for it. And then you delight me every time. So thank you so much for doing that. It means the world to us. And, you know, all your general love on the social meds. Completely. On Instagram at 51firstdatespod. Whenever I do these at the top, I feel like um, such a podcaster. I know. <laughs> like, we're so casual all the time. But today uh, we're not. Throwing the, the meads hands out at the top. Oh, that's horrible. Whenever I shorten things too much, my... Uh, teenage nephew gets annoyed at me um <laughs> and honestly go, liza no <laughs> i feel like they love shortening things I these know. days like ship you ship something yeah. you stand something for sure um but please follow us on instagram at 51 first dates pod email us 51 first dates pod at gmail.com and join our secret Facebook group. Yeah. Ask all the juicy questions. People are talking. People are sharing screenshots of their weird app interactions. People are asking questions about relationships. People are supporting each other and being lovely. And you should join too. Yeah. And <laughs> if you're if you're newer through We Met at Acme or another pod that we've been on lately, welcome. And if you want to go to the beginning, once upon a time, I, Kimmy, went on 32 of 51 first dates. And I feel like... That was, you know, kind of our core, but now we talk about many things, and we have a new dater, Olivia, so you could also start at her journey. We've had a couple daters now, including my brother. Many a dater on this show, and if you're a dater, shout us out all your stories. We're going to read one at the end of this episode, but we're also going to talk to a very important guest, very important guest, a very inspiring guest. For sure. So we interviewed Kaywanda Lamb, and she's... An incredible dating coach specifically works a lot with single moms and is an author. And I promise if you're not a single mom, I mean, neither Liza or I are. And the conversation was so incredibly uh, positive and like inspiring in terms of just being a little, thinking about dating a little bit differently. Completely. Or even just life. Yeah. And making you, I don't know, it made, it made me feel very empowered. Mm-hmm. It made me feel like I could do what I want. I can um, t- confront this person, not confront. I could stand up for myself. I can ask for what I want, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Um, but also I think it, yeah, answers a lot of questions. We know we have some listeners out there who are raising kids, navigating dating whilst raising kids. And um, it, 
yeah, I, I think the conversation is going to be interesting for everybody. Yeah. And I'm we're going <laughs> to, I'm in a weird mood with my, like, I, I'm making a lot of weird, um, words and noises you know what words and noises are great this is a podcast (laughs) it is you know not a visual medium so words and noises are really good for this (laughs) i sucked down two whiskeys before we started recording just because i was had a bad day (laughs) yeah we're really you know taking this post-work happy hour plus recording seriously (laughs) a lot um but before we get to k wanda's interview which we did a little bit ago and we're gonna kind of expand on that theme and talk a little bit about family and dating and when you should think about your family and who you're dating but before that can we do a five minute bachelorette recap i mean you well, guys knew it was happening should I'm i set sorry. the timer I'll set, set the, the timer timers. i guess technically bachelorette is very much over now you know we're recording this a week out and there's just been some juicy juicy gossip that made me really think of myself in dating many many years in new york it made me think of a lot of frustrations our listeners have with f boys it made me think wow fuck boys i mean come on this is not a pg podcast but it just made me feel like dang even like hot ass bachelorette hannah who did like really good job this season okay i'm starting to talk you should probably time me. okay ready <laughs> guys so if you are new to our podcast we have an episode a couple several weeks back now called we're not a bachelorette we're not a bachelorette podcast, but uh, because we're not a bachelorette podcast, but we are going to talk about the bachelorette. So what we started to do was set a timer for five minutes so that we don't spend our whole episode talking about the bachelorette. So I'm going to start my timer in three, two, one, go. All right. So this is bachelorette adjacent, I guess, because Hannah, so if you don't like the bachelorette, I promise this is still kind of interesting, beautiful, you know, had a terrible issue not issue not her issue a terrible dude situation at the end of this season the guy who proposed to her with a song ended up having a girlfriend back home it was shitty she's over it this supremely hot gentleman tyler the hottest man you've ever seen tyler c look him up it's the thing like he's the perfect man he's my perfect man Everyone would fuck him. Straight men would fuck Everyone. him. Everyone would fuck him. Like, it, it's wild how perfect. And he's a feminist, and he's, like, he doesn't come off as smart, but he is smart. Mm. He's, like, six foot six. Got his MBA. Like, what could, what more could you want? Shoulders for days. However, I did have a sense, you know, on the final episode, where they're recapping, like, oh, what will Tyler and Hannah do now? She had dumped him, you know. He said he would go for a drink. She asked him out for a drink. He would go. Then there were some paparazzi photos of the two of them, like the morning after perhaps hanging out. Who knows how staged they were? Probably a ton. I know I'm taking this too seriously, but I was like, damn, girl got what she wanted. Like he was technically her second choice. So whatever. But they had that drink and they probably had some sex or flirtation or even a staged sleepover. Like, fuck. Like, I I feel like if I were her, I'd be all up about it. But then... I don't know. I've sent some fuckboy vibes, and I could be totally wrong. And Tyler, we love you. You're not listening, but we love you, and we'll just God, but what if he was? If he was. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I'm literally blushing thinking about the possibility of him ever hearing my voice. So that's not that, – that says a lot. Yeah, and then, of course, he is spotted on two dates with Gigi Hadid. And I was just like, God damn it. Right after, like, sleepover dates, there are paparazzi photos. Google it. I – I, I mean, I don't know why you'd want those to come out. And I just felt for myself back in the day, I was like, Kimmy, why are you still thinking that, like, this beautiful man is not going to be a fuckboy? The whole country's in love with him. 
Here's you know, my question, and it is because I want to come down on the side of Tyler. But, okay, so before we started recording this, we were talking about Tyler with Jeff, who is my boyfriend, who knows way more about The Bachelorette than he would like to. Because <laughs> if he's the only person around after I watch it, he gets talked to about it. And also, he kind of a little bit got invested because he would be around while I was watching, and he would be like, "Who? Wait, what's going on with this? Like, what's going on with Luke P? Like, he got a little bit, you know. Uh, question marky at the end although he would pretend very hard not to be interested the show is a trap we fell for good producing for I sure. can't believe I watch it completely but at the same time he uh, I lost my train of thought fuck we're eating into our time because I couldn't think of my thought so Jeff and Kimmy and I before we started recording were talking about Tyler and I was like okay let's say you're the hottest person in America for like a, a two-month period. Like, Tyler's in the middle of his 15 minutes. He is perfect. He's so hot. Everyone in America is obsessed with this man. Like, I would do... I would be a monster. How how could you not? Yeah, if, if... I think they followed each other on Instagram. If, like, Leo slid into my DMs, like, fuck yeah. Like, duh. Like, I would cheat on my boyfriend. I mean... <laughs> with Tyler or Leo. Sorry. <laughs> like, I would... You know? Yeah. It's totally, totally understandable. I would... I would just, I would, I would stop talking to every man I had ever met for the chance to, no, that's a lie. But it's, I think it's hard for you to achieve that level of like, everyone's obsessed with you and not become a little bit of a fuckboy. So maybe he wasn't one before. And yes, I am defending him. And you should. No, I just felt like if like, if anyone's feeling down because they've been dealing with some fuckboy or scenes or you're looking at someone's new relationship and judging your, well fucking just think of beautiful beautiful hannah who did a pretty good job Truly. at just being you know the ultimate like powerful woman and standing up for herself on national tv and i can't believe i'm even just like touting her oh my God. she did this and it's the opposite of what i just did which was totally justify justify the actions of a fuckboy it's okay he could not be a fuckboy but this no, is but isn't say- that the problem though is that like is that when girls try to start explaining the reasons why the things they're doing aren't wrong or bad. I am the problem. No, you're not the problem. It, but it's just like none of us are alone. And with that. And that's the timer. <laughs> and that is my thought. Fuck that's boys the timer. exist. Okay. Anyway, thanks for thanks for joining us on that journey. We'll see if we get that out or not. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thought it was so juicy. Um, however, we're going to talk about a theme. We are. So I think, you know, in order to have this topic relate to our listeners who aren't single parents. There was a comment in the secret Facebook group after another episode that we had with 180 days of not dating that I thought was an interesting thought that could apply to other kinds of dating and like when you think of someone within the lens of like could they be part of my family or not. So I'll read it. Um, beyond the scheduling and weeding out who's not down with your pairing situations, there's not much impact on the early stages of dating to having a child. The challenge I'm starting to anticipate is the dating phase two, where you introduce kids and see if the two worlds mesh, etc. In my limited experience, childless guys have had trouble wrapping their heads around not being the first priority, a simple but very real issue. But for guys with kids, sometimes we see different parenting styles, ways to run a household, basically all the things that childless couples feel out together. So there's a bit more. There wasn't necessarily a question. It was a comment in the Facebook group that I just thought actually applied more broadly to even like when you start integrating families, not in marriage, just like 
someone comes into your life and meets your family and if you're near if you live near to your family like I felt very lucky that things have gone mostly seamlessly with my dad in day 13 and but I don't know I also think like when I'm around his family I'm like how much do I want to insert myself in this family I'm not part of this family yet you know yeah there all those things that come up and I think they even come up earlier in dating like how the person talks about their family or that dating phase two of like you're starting to integrate your worlds whether that's friends family whatever I think it'd be really tricky because I've had these like I think like over inserting yourself into someone's family can be terrible too soon but you also don't want to be unengaged I don't know yeah I mean it's tricky because well everyone have everyone has a different relationship with their family yeah and every it matters a different level to everyone like some people live with their families some people live in the same town on the same street on the same whatever like it being I'm from a huge extended family I have an Italian last name but my big extended family is actually my mom's side which is my non-Italian side but Things that matter to me is like someone being able to seamlessly enter a family party with 70 people and not feel overwhelmed. And that's a really, really big deal to me. And it always has been in dating. And it's a big ask. Like it's a really, that's, it's a huge, insane, intimidating, Mm -hmm. every boy, I've brought home two boyfriends and both of them, it's like they walk in the door and su- and like they're grabbed by a mass of people. And they're like, you're Liza's boyfriend. And then I don't see them for two hours. They're like, pat- it's like re- my family is really, really large and wild and whatever. But um, I think it's so everyone has different like expectations of definitely what how the integration like has to happen with their family. But I think that like, I don't know, I think it's something that's on people's minds from early on. Like, mm-hmm. could I bring this person home? Yeah, it's weird because from my perspective, I think about it more of my nuclear family and having lost my mom two years ago, thinking about like how people either dealt with that, which is weird, not not when I'm talking about bringing them home, but like when that would come up or just I feel sometimes protective of my family and like, I don't know, I feel lucky that I haven't had, you know, a boyfriend who like tried to have opinions on how we should be dealing with grief. But, like, that kind of stuff I feel protective around. So it's, like, that's a weird flip version of still caring, still, like, kind of looking for early signs of, like, are you going to just be, like, here's, you know, here I am and I'm in. Or, like, understand that, like, my family's going through a tough time even two years out. And that, you know, shit's weird. Well, I think that – do you remember that, like, old – school thing of like you can talk shit about your family but no one else can Mm -hmm. like in middle school you would be like my my brother blah 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 but if anyone said anything with your brother it's fucking trouble yep I feel like that almost weirdly applies to the people you're dating you know like and it's it's I've been with Jeff my boyfriend for such a long time that it the, the the barrier is lower for sure like we've been together for like, it's going to be six years. It's like Jeez. five and a half. Yeah, it's a really long time. Pop them bottles. <laughs> it's a long time. No, not till not till January. I'm prematuring that. It's, so it's over five years. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's, yeah. But, like, even still, and I, he has been, he, like, he's so close to my family, especially my mom. And, like, still, there's that thing of, like, you don't say anything 
if he would were to ever say anything, not that he has, but if he were ever to say anything critical, I would be like, well, you know, yeah, it's tricky. If there's a high bar, it takes a long time. It's hypersensitive, and I think like that's where this can be tricky, especially if totally. like there's a child involved, or it just it's super sticky. And I yeah. feel like what. How do you suss that out early on in dating? Because how do we even really know? Because I like, I truly, yeah, the over, like, uh, over commenting or being, over inserting yourself is obviously a very bad look, but it's tough to just know, like, how different people are going to be from early in dating. Not that you should, but like, again, it goes to the question of finding out if someone has a child or not early and how that affects dating also just like what is this person's family like do they have a relationship with their family or the same way do they have shitty friends or do they have great friends yeah totally yeah i don't know i think it's interesting and i have quite little advice on how to like suss that out early but i i don't know well i think it also is a thing where you can like maybe set the tone by how you act like i think you have to be super respectful of the person's family Mm mm-hmm I, I'm a big, and again, I think partially because I'm from a huge family, I'm a big, like, obsessive respect to yeah. the, the our parents' generation, like, especially our grandparents' generation. Jeff literally teases me because I'm so fucking deferential to elderly people that it's like, I will he'll like lose me in a store and it's because I'm like <laughs> and I'm not to an I'm not person. saying this to to like uh I'm not like I'm not a great person and I'm not very charitable or helpful helpful to the world but like if an elderly person ever asked me to do anything like I I belong to them for as long as they need me like so, it, it's not and it's not because I'm trying to be a good person it's because like I was so ingrained with like you do whatever any to anything an older person does to you whatever but I think that in a in a less um in a psychotic way <laughs> like being like very respectful of the other person's family maybe like treading lightly and like really focusing on positives can be helpful yeah especially early on and that obviously would go for a child as well. For and sure. The most. Yeah. Meshing parenting styles is obviously something Liza and I have not had experience with because we can barely parent ourselves. Well, you parent a dog. So actually, you can definitely parent yourself plus one. But I I simply, you know, I'm learning every day. You know, almost 31. It's, it's hard. Great. It's going great. But it's just tricky. I, I don't have experience with that. I hope that, you know, what we talked about with Kwanda will be helpful. But... Again, I feel like it's this complicated area of, like, treading super lightly and feeling each other out the way you would, like, ugh, I don't know, over yeah. any, like, over money or other weird, sensitive totally. things. Or, like, just asking what the other person what they need, mm-hmm. I think, could be so helpful. Like, I'm trying to do that with my sister more, who who I've talked about on this podcast before, has a almost one-year-old. Um, just trying to be like, well, what can I do? Like, not to be, like, you know, too, you know, yeah, in... Uh, prescriptive or anything or whatever mm-hmm. just trying to be there and I think that can be helpful when you're trying to kind of mesh with somebody's family yeah like taking opinions away from family feels almost as important from taking especially earlier in dating taking opinions away from like judging someone too quickly on like their political stance I mean you know, now it's trickier but like or little things that feel so like talked about and dating etiquette that you don't maybe touch on too early but just like you can touch on them but you don't have to like have your opinion on their situation so hard as you might have an inside you might be like you 
you know, do X, Y, Z for your sister. And that's wild to me because she never, she's shitty to you. But like, just like, I don't know. It's hard to rein it in. Yeah. Because you care about, like, yeah. Totally. And it's sensitive for everyone. You know, if you're going to say something harsh about, you know, your, the person you're dating's relationship with their family or whatever, or be judgmental or critical, like, it's 10 times more sensitive than anything else you would say about anything else so yeah that's true. i think it's a good place to like tread lightly and i don't know yeah it just it was the first time i was like oh i definitely can't relate fully to having a child and understanding that's like more complicated but i think we all you know in tiny ways there's so much shit you just had to figure out about the other person yeah even and just like do we like doing the same thing do we like both going out to drinks or do we like both totally. going on hiking adventures have you ever dated someone that uh, you don't think your family would like or approve of? It's hmm. a good question. Oh, sure. Hmm. I think they'd just always be so excited that I was bringing it. <laughs> always approve. But I think I've, I've dated people who I wouldn't want to bring home because I think they are not like – the best people you know what I mean like I think I've dated people like there's people who on paper maybe I've been like oh this doesn't line up with exactly what my parents thought I would date or like I remember my my first boyfriend was like a big cigarette smoker which like whatever I'll have a cigarette every once in a while I had a cigarette before we recorded this like I'm (laughs) truly sorry this is me admitting my dark scaries I have about a cigarette a month let's say but I had a stressful day but he was a big (laughs) cigarette smoker and I was stressed about bringing him home because I was like, well, that's a thing that is very clear. Like, it's not good. It is unhealthy. It's oh, gross it is and whatever. Dare told us, our parents, because they were all fucking addicted. Yeah, that totally. is a really clear cut totally. thing. And yeah. he was very sweet and was like, I'm going to try not to smoke this weekend. And I was like, but if you don't smoke, you're going to be really tense and grouchy and not yourself. And mm-hmm. like, I would rather you just be like, hey, I'm a smoker. By the way, the hypocrisy of all this, my dad smoked for like 30 years. He's has not smoked for a very long time, which is really great. I'm very proud of him. Um, he's just a very faithful Nicorette user. Um, but fucking Nicorette. Like, like he's now been using Nicorette for like 30 years, which, you know, um, he, but I was like, well, this is a thing that I'm going to feel weird about when we're at home. Cause my, you know, ex-boyfriend was going to be going out and smoking cigarettes and whatever. Yeah, totally. And yeah it can be tricky yes and yeah I guess it's sometimes it's little things too just I'm thinking I wonder if there's a gut check though if you can like remove all the on paper stuff and be like what would my parents or my best friends or my grandpa whoever it is gut reaction be the person you kind of trust to just like how yeah beyond the on paper stuff because now that I think about it more I think for my dad it's like he really values maturity because they've only He's not, he called it being chatty instead of being gossipy. Like, he just was like, I don't mean to be chatty about, you know, the relationships that aren't, like, in my family or not close. But just, like, it seemed like this person just wasn't as mature as this person. Like, I've heard him call that out. So I mm-hmm. wonder with his kids if he'd look for that even more. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was being chatty about, like, people that we know from connecticut and he was like i'm being chatty but don't you think that she's a lot more mature than him oh i love the term chatty instead of gossipy. that's great because he really doesn't like being gossipy but chatty i don't want to be chatty oh i'm (laughs) definitely gonna use that it's funny because i think that so i have a friend whose family does not love her boyfriend Mm. and 
she it's not like they have told her that directly but she's just kind of deduced that from the way they treat him versus the way they treat other you know um boyfriends or boyfriends and girlfriends of her siblings she's a big family yeah tough tough yeah and she can just see the difference and she knows it you know and it's tricky because i don't necessarily disagree Mm -hmm. with her parents just to to not be sorry to be chatty (laughs) sorry to be chatty um but at the same time and i don't like they live in chicago i don't know them as well blah 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 but uh i i think that there's also a thing where if your parents don't like someone if you have let's say you have a good relationship with your parents Mm -hmm. or i think that you could say this way uh you could say this of your children if your kids don't like someone yeah there's probably a reason i don't know even if there's not a great reason it's something you have to consider differently than like if you were just your own person and you were fully in it like it's so interesting how important outside perspective is what if we have that great what did we say last episode about like asking your closest friend oh it was just it was like why didn't i do that if prior? you were ready to get back into dating after yes. a breakup and just i like, said take a straw poll of your like your three closest people yeah if you yes this can also weirdly apply in this way like again it's like maybe not even about family or kids or friends it's about your closest people yeah. and like if like two out of three of them have a weird reaction about your boyfriend i'm not saying it's always get out but like i mean to be honest and he knows this so i'm happy to say it i think that tony takes some time to like open up a little bit and his first impression he was like very nervous when he first met my dad and i was almost like you're not being yourself like in like i was stressed as fuck and then it takes time and then i felt like my close people have been like okay this is good for this reason and you can tell me it's not but totally i you know what i i asked my nephew i saw my nephew earlier my nephew is he's 12 he's about to turn 13 and he's got this he's very wise he's very goofy i feel like my nephew and i have really similar personalities and i see a lot of myself in him like he's he's a huge ham he's very goofy but he's very like he's got a very serious very emotional streak he's amazing i love him i when i've met him yeah you've met him <laughs> i know he was shy yeah. around kimmy though he does oh. get shy around girls especially pretty girls he gets a little shy no but he was great he's a sweet super boy. yes emotionally intelligent yeah he's he's got like uh, kind of dank wisdom, but he would hate me for saying that phrase. He'd dank go, wisdom, oh, Liza. No. Oh, Liza. Yeah. Um, but he, when he was like seven or eight, I and I had been dating Jeff for like a year. We were hanging, him and I were hanging out solo together, and I was like, "What do you think of Jeff?" Ooh, because I was just like, I just think nephew. I know yep. he's gonna say that exactly what he thinks, and I think he's got very good intuition about me. I feel like kids have a yeah. kind of a wisdom and less stigma than asking a sibling that, you totally. know, like or someone yeah. you've ever been. Yeah, totally. Such a I was like, I know he's gonna tell me the truth, and he goes, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> he didn't feel like being chatty. No, I'm literally. Why? And I was like, "Cause it matters to me what you think." And he goes, I think he's a very nice person. And then he started talking about something else. He's like, cool. I was, like, I was just about to be like, Liza has the key. Find a young person. Put them in front of it your was... date and be like, should I date him? Exactly. Get a kid to tell you. Um, oh, man. Yeah. But it can be tricky. It's tricky. It's all tricky. I think, you know, it, we really just wanted you all who don't have 
advocates to feel part of this conversation, which I think you will when you listen to this interview as well. And we just wanted to talk about The Bachelorette a couple more times. As always. Because we fucking suck at not being a bachelorette podcast. And you know that paradise discussions will happen. Maybe not. Maybe we should just do a mini minisode every week. <laughs> well, we're going to have we're, we're going to do one that's a little more intense, but because we're having two black girls, one rose, the podcast on as guests. So that will be more about like dating stereotypes on TV versus real dating. So yes. we will have to that's a bachelorette recap podcast that's so good and so smart and like breaks down all the bullshit behind this show but so we'll have one coming up completely sure. in a couple of weeks we'll have an episode <laughs> with them where we're gonna it's really gonna be a bachelorette sploosh fest so sorry in advance yeah. but also even if you don't listen we are gonna have fun just breaking down yeah all because they're because that's the thing these shows uh we try to like draw some wisdom from them but we're always pulling really hard to draw that wisdom and like in reality like they're relatable in one weird part of us but then they're also so fake and fucked up too fucked up and not great for women or any kind of diversity and really deeply people of color queer people whatever it's terrible we know it's wrong it's wrong it's wrong it's wrong it's wrong (laughs) but well you know what's not wrong is the next conversation conversation that we had with K. Wanda Lamb, which, you know, let's just leave that in. I saw Liza like, should I edit that out? But you know what? That was a funny sound that I made. But this conversation was really great. And I hope that you all enjoy it as well. And we'll have our, our worst first date at the end. And now we are so excited to have Kaywanda Lamb here with us. She's an author, a speaker, a coach, the winning single mom. Thank you so much for being here. Hey girls, thanks for having me. So we are we're so excited to have you. Uh, a few weeks ago, well, once this airs, a few weeks ago we kind of dabbled into talking about dating as a single parent, but we're really excited to dive in more and we're so excited to have your expertise. Yay. Um so just as a way of getting to know our all of our guests, we always like to ask, do you have a worst first date story story you want to share? <laughs> Well, let's say this. I became a mom very early on, um, graduated pregnant uh, with my first kid at 22. So then the dating stopped for a little while. Um, But I will tell you, when I got back out there and I was this vibrant, still got it, you know, mid-20s mama, I went on a date with this guy who on the phone, we had talked for a couple weeks and he seemed so great. You know, he had the status, the you know, the personality over the phone or the things we, when I say status, the things when you're young that you think makes a good man, you know, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that but um, I get on the date with this guy. We were at PF Chains. And when I tell you, he stared at me the entire date. And I was just, you know, so finally I said something. I was like, um, yeah, why are you staring at me like that? And he was like, I thought you said you were affectionate. I said, not on the first date and with people that I don't know, but down the line, eventually, yes. So I don't know what this guy was expecting. I think this was, so I met him on Match and this must've been like eight years ago. (laughs) So it was one of my horror stories with, you know, dating online. But um, yeah, it wasn't Tinder then. And you know, what exists these days with swiping left and right wasn't out there. And I assumed that he was just looking for somebody to hook up with, but that's not how he presented himself. So I had a very uncomfortable first date. 
And I'm so glad to say that was the last time I ever saw that guy. <laughs> and um, so I know that's not high up on everybody else's list, but it was just kind of creepy. Um, and there was another one when I was much younger, I will tell you this guy, you could tell, you know, we're all in college and I'm like, does he not have any money to pay for this date? So he starts sending everything back. He had drank half of his lemonade and then he sees <laughs> at me and he's like how's your beverage i'm like mine's delicious like my food is good nothing's wrong and uh, he's like this is this is ridiculous i'm i'm looking at your food sir it looks just fine you've eaten half of it you drank half of your beverage he gave the people so much flack and do y'all know that he did not pay for his meal and i looked at the lady and i was like i'm gonna pay for mine i'm gonna tip you but you and the manager need to handle this mm. and i got up and I left. And so, you know, it brings me to something that I believe in these days. And I want your listeners to hear. Um, if you are looking to date someone and you are not financially there, it is not time for you to date. It just isn't. It isn't. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, women want security. A man wants respect and all those other things. We want vice versa. You know, just be in the place where you're able to give those things, right? Not embarrass me in front of the world because you sent your food back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, especially, I don't know, if you're on a dinner date, I can even have sympathy or empathy. I've been in places before where I'm like, hey, like, I'd love to hang out with you. Can we take a walk in the park and get a coffee? <laughs> you know, like, but if you, I feel like if you're going to dinner, especially if you ask someone, <laughs> You are tell you are inviting that you know what I mean like you gotta pay for it or because you know that's typically the way this goes and I saw that y'all had a discussion about yeah I think that we have so many worse first dates that come up where paying is the thing where there's awkwardness about paying or someone goes to the bathroom when the check comes or someone forgot their wallet or someone and it's like or someone gets stuck with like a huge bill I think it's really admirable that you are just like okay I'm gonna pay for mine. And mm -hmm. you're going to figure this out because I'm not responsible for you. This is on you. Like, that's, I think, like a, a good move. Yeah. But you know what? In real life, like so many people are scared to do that. So many people, like you said, get stuck with the check. And it's just not fair. We're just we're looking for fun and love and support and friendship and something awesome to do with a really nice person. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> Completely. I know. It's, that's the thesis of all dating. Just don't yeah. be a jerk. Just don't be a jerk. Yeah. Like, would your mother be proud of you? Like, like yeah. I'm always just like, is this the way you were raised? But then, you know, some people weren't yeah. raised well. Yeah. Whatever. But the, yeah, the yeah, sentiment, yeah. the overall sentiment totally. is there. So, okay, Wanda, for our listeners who don't know you as well, do you mind sharing a little bit about how you started coaching and kind of your experience as a mom? Absolutely. Okay. So as I alluded to, became a single mom before I was ready, um, graduating with the whole baby. And I had him two months later. Um, and then the dad and I broke up two years later when I was pregnant with the second one. And so mm -hmm. you can imagine the big jolt, new career, new babies. And at that time, people were, you know, not as open, I think, to single mothers having lives. And so my family didn't want to babysit for me. I couldn't hardly get to go out on dates. I guess they thought I would have another baby. And I'm like, I didn't have these being in the streets. I'm, a, I'm still a good girl. Still have, you know, morals and all that good stuff. And I'm a great mom. And so when I finally got back out there into dating, I realized that I came up against some jerks who felt like, you know, hey, I, I want to, you know, just kind of have casual sex. 
I'm not really looking to be somebody's dad. And I'm like, well, I'm not looking for casual sex and I'm not looking for a father for my children. They have one. So guess there's not a fit here. And so you go through that. And if you stay there, you think everybody's like that. But I began to challenge that notion that there are actually good men who want good women who actually have pre-made families. And sometimes that's going to be somebody who already has kids themselves, or it's going to be, can you believe it, a guy that's actually single, no kids, and thinks you're hot. And so <laughs> I wanted to challenge, you know, that notion. And so it took me a couple of years, and I got back out there. But as I started kind of along my journey, women would ask me, your kids are so well-behaved. How are you doing all of this? You've gone to college so many times, you know, leveling up in my career. And they're like, how do you, how do you make it happen? And I'm like, you don't? I mean, uh, I just, I'm a single mom. I don't, I don't understand. What do you mean? And so I began to realize that there's just so much that we have to go through that some people just kind of don't have that, that fire. You know, when somebody breaks your heart, cheats on you, divorces, dies, however you became a single parent, you know, you have to deal with that and you still have to show up and raise your babies. And so I realized that there was a place for me to speak to that, to that healing for women. But then also to talk about how to get back into life, how to get back into loving you and being vibrant. And, you know, like I said, I was 25 by the time I had two kids and I was a single mom. So let me tell you something, honey. I was still fabulous. And at 42, (laughs) (laughs) I think I still got it. Yes, you you do. (laughs) My boys are 17 and 19 and um, there's some amazing, handsome fellas. And so um, I'm sharing this with your listeners, hoping that they will realize that it's not over. You're never too old. Doesn't matter how many kids you have. And you just have to keep on showing up and knowing what you want in life. And so that's why I started coaching. So um, I, I remember my first coaching client that I really thought I couldn't help. She had been in an abusive marriage. Um, she had also had some children young. And, you know, coaching is helping you get to where you want to go in your future. Therapy is helping you deal with all that stuff that happened back there so you can survive in your present and in your future, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I really thought I was going to have to get her to therapy. She was already seeing somebody, but I was just like, I don't think I can help her. But we worked together for three months. And this lady, by, I kid you not, our third call together was this whole new woman, this whole entire new woman who at first I thought was so broken I couldn't help. And um, that encouraged me to want to do that more. And so I realized that we don't have so much as we think uh, a dating option problem. We have a dating confidence problem. And so I speak to women about dating confidence. You know, finding, bringing your sexy back, remembering who you are, knowing what it is you want in a relationship. Like you said earlier, Kimmy, you have a healthy relationship with an amazing guy, date 32, right? (laughs) 13, you know, but I went on 32. 30, yeah. 30 yeah. Oh, and it ended up being guy 13. Okay. I yeah. Love it. Yeah. Seen him kind of in there. But I mean, you, you realized that there was something you wanted and you were no longer just dating to be dating because some folks, so many people are dating to be dating. And that's why we get in these mixed matched relationships that don't work out. Does that yeah. make sense? It makes so much sense. And actually, I love that you said date 32, because I think some of that confidence came from continuing to go on dates even after I met him. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like getting all my confidence lost in, oh, I had this really great date and I'm still going on dates with him and I'm really interested. It was partially this podcast, but also just going on more dates, meeting more people, feeling more comfortable in my own skin in this really vulnerable thing that is going on 
dates, especially in 2019 with mm-hmm. dating apps. Uh, so, no, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I think also something you said, Kaywana, that's interesting is – you know, I feel like everyone comes to dating with their own. I'm gonna super air quotes, which is not the right thing to do on a podcast, <laughs> but I'm air quoting this word baggage because I think that word is like not the right word, but you know, that's just the only one that's coming to my head right now. But these things that we see as quote air quote baggage, and like we, everyone, it feels like we talk a lot about everyone bringing these fears in, and it can, and it can, it takes different forms for everyone, but I feel like every single person enters dating. Entering dating has something that they think makes them like not as dateable. And sometimes it's like, you know, scars from past relationships. It's this, it's that, whatever. But I feel like kids are such a like obvious, tangible thing where you're like, this is who I am. This is my family. This is what I come with. And like, this is what I'm bringing. And it definitely, I think, I mean, did you feel like it was a quick kind of like litmus test of the guys you were dating of like are you a good person or not (laughs) yes let me tell you let me tell you there are some creepos out there who can make it through the first date and the second date and you know um you don't really notice it until a little bit later but i will tell you um in the beginning i had it because my boys were younger it really was this there was this guy who was so sexy so cute and i was still stuck on that that was the qualifier i was in my 20s okay give me a break (laughs) yeah we've all been there out dancing with cousins and you know I didn't tell him I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old I um I wanted to not keep that from him you know to be malicious or to hide things I kept it from him because I didn't want to let some guy know that I had kids and he'd be like a pedophile so that was like a sincere worry for Mm -hmm. me as a mom with young boys right and so I wanted to get to know the person first and then tell them a little bit more about my life. Well, I ended up having to tell him when we were getting ready to go out on a date because I couldn't find a sitter. And when he heard that I had kids, he was like, oh, okay, let me call you back. <laughs> he never called back. And let me tell you, we had the most amazing connection, the most fun, and I was so looking forward to hanging out with this guy. Mm. So yeah, it is a quick litmus test. It really is. Because some people just can't do it. And that's okay. That's I'm, I'm like, that's okay. I'm not mad at people. But I will tell you, I had a three year relationship with a man who was single, didn't have any kids, never been married. And um, it was great in so many ways. He was the best boyfriend I'd ever had. Um, and I even considered marrying him. Um, but kind of toward the end, I realized that we just really weren't a good fit. And I was kind of more in love with the fact that this was something I've never had. The person who was, you know, into me, into my kids, great provider, great everything. And then I started seeing some things that I was just like, okay, this is a little narcissistic. So no, I'm not going to be dealing with that for 50 years. And so, you know, you have to learn how to choose you when you're dating. You have to choose you. You cannot start making concessions for people when it hurts you. And I will tell you, my boys were uh, teens by then, and they loved this guy. And so they were really upset with me when I broke up with him because he had become their friend. Their dad's not in their life like he should be. And so um, they really took a liking to him. And after three years, you can imagine, he did everything. Mm -hmm. Birthdays, he remembered my birthday. He was, you know, just one of those guys. But I told him, I said, he was better to you than he was to me. And mama can't do it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so um, the thing, the thing is, uh, for women, we we do carry baggage, and that's my whole thing that I try to tell folks is I want you to have a healing stage, where you try to do your best not to take as much of that into the next relationship as possible. So I actually went on a whole healing three-year journey 
when I left Louisiana and moved to Texas to kind of like declutter all of that garbage from dating their dad. And, um, you know, he was sleeping with a whole bunch of women, wasn't helping me with the kids. It was a whole hot mess, right? Mm -hmm. And when I moved to Texas, it was just like, it was the cleanest break and we had the most amazing peaceful years. And it's just been a great ride ever since. And so um, for there, any woman who's listening, who's like, you know, I'm suffering where I am, the person doesn't help. Sometimes you have to change your mindset. You have to change your space. You have to change a whole bunch. You can no longer start uh, you can no longer focus on what somebody else isn't doing. You've got to think about living the life that you have left and being the parent for you and your kids. So I know I'm saying a lot, <laughs> but a litmus test, sure, having the kids, I would say for some, um, but there are men who aren't afraid of the fact that you have kids. They really want to get to know you. And so hopefully in those two stories, you know, everybody kind of gets the point I'm trying to make. But um, I will tell you, don't be afraid to date with kids. Um, I really don't think... It's the way it used to be. I think people are more open-minded and we should just put ourselves out there. Yeah, no, I think it's really, it's inspiring. Oh, it's funny. We were like, let's also ask just for any advice that might apply more broadly than just, you know, to parents. And I think we already have gotten that because yeah. it is so important to take care of yourself when you date and to take breaks. We talk about that a lot, kind of when people feel burnt out by dating for whatever reason or just don't feel ready to date yet. We're like, don't do it. We encourage dating, but like, don't do it if it's not going to help you right now. Uh, but I also feel like we've kind of touched on this, but what do you think are some of the biggest maybe misconceptions around people who do shy away from dating someone with kids if they're single or vice versa? Mm -hmm. what, are, what misconceptions do people with kids have when they go on a dating app about people who don't have kids and how much they'll understand that? So just general misconceptions. Well, I think it's the first one I mentioned that, oh my gosh, I have to be an immediate parent. And for mm -hmm. somebody who's accustomed to taking care of themselves, they're independent, they get to go where they want to go when they want to do it, you know, they're starting to, to lose that sense of freedom. And that's really not what it is at all. Honestly, there are some really good people who bad stuff has happened to them, you know, like the, the jerk before them didn't treat them right and they're really still ready to give love. And, and um, I've met some of the most amazing women and I'm one of the most amazing women that walks the planet. So <laughs> I would be a blessing to whoever, right? But I think that we, um, when we start thinking ahead before we've met the person and kind of gotten to know them, like, oh, it's gonna be like this and I'm gonna lose this and oh, my money. I'm gonna have to like now take care of me and three other people. Oh my gosh, this is a lot, you know. Um, or the if are the kids gonna be you know bad kids? Will they listen to me? You know all these things. What will my friends think? What will my mom say? We have all these things going on in our head, but it takes somebody to be courageous to say, you know what? Let me get to know this young lady and her story because let me tell you something. There are more single dads out there who have zero problem with what I'm saying right now. Because a woman doesn't look at a man, most women don't look at a man who has kids and he's raising the kids by himself and, and they say to themselves, oh no, I don't wanna date him, he has kids. They say, oh, he's a great provider, he's a good guy. Oh my gosh, she's taking care of his kids. Mm -hmm. And and before long, he has a girlfriend and a new wife again. Does that make sense? Yeah. But yeah. single women who are the breadwinners and taking care of the family, they may be single longer because now we're dealing with the stigma that's this unfair double standard. Mm. 
Now, for people who are single mothers who are kind of afraid of getting back out there, was that kind of the question too? Or what are some of the misconceptions about dating? Yeah, I I asked like a double question. It was very difficult to understand. Yeah, um, on either side. Yeah. So yeah, when you're a single mother, maybe some fears uh, that automatically might come in if you're just getting into dating that you think are like maybe you don't have to worry about as much or just, yeah, misconceptions. Well, I think it's it's a, a, a serious, um, I don't think it's necessarily a misconception. I think it is kind of true that there are some people who do prey on single moms. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said it's so important to have gone through your healing process so you can recognize if somebody's really there for you or if they're just kind of trying to hang out, have a nice little cool casual relationship. They really don't want anything from you. And maybe that's what you want in your life. So I think it's, it's super important to be honest about where you are and what you want. Um, but then women who are getting back out there again, one of the biggest misconceptions is that nobody will want me because I've been married before and I'm divorced or I wasn't married, but I have kids. And then there are women who have one, two, three, four, five, six kids. And guess what? There's still somebody who wants to get to know her. She has to get out of her head and into really living life. And so I will tell you that um, that that thing of nobody will want me, I'm used property, because that used to be some stuff that was floating around when I was first in the dating. I hope no one's still saying that. But if you're on social media, you know that some folks still talk like that. And we should all put a nice little check by them to say, never, <laughs> never go on a date with this person. They were raised by wolves, apparently. <laughs> uh, apparently right and so i also think that you know the misconception as well on the single mom side dating again is that she's so out of practice that she won't know what to do so that's why i talk to them a lot about confidence because they're like well the date the dating landscape has changed well i will say sure we have new apps we have online dating but people are still people right and we still have some old souls out there and I just think it's 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 human nature. Everybody wants to belong somewhere, and we're all looking for where that place is. So get out there, get out of your head, and just say yes to coffee, right? Say mm-hmm. yes to dinner. Talk to the guy for some weeks, get to know him. Like you, go on multiple dates. You know, I don't think, I also teach okay. women, you know, please do not get in your head and start thinking, oh my God, this date was so wonderful, this is my husband. Date one, really, date one. <laughs> Get to know people, get to know people in different seasons, get to see how they're behaving. One of my favorite things to watch, because this is important to me, is how the person I'm on a date with, hanging out with, spending time with, treats other people. Like, if you're biting the head off of folks who are serving us or staff or whoever, you're sending a signal to me that, that your generosity meter is quite low. And at some point when you're dealing with me, it might be quite low. And so it's not for me. That's not a good mix, not good energy. So, you know, this is why it's so important to really know what your deal breakers are and what you're looking for. Because we can be in desperate seasons and desperate cycles and we keep attracting, you know, the kind of people who aren't good to us. Mm -hmm. And so when you have cleaned all of that out of you and you have that confidence, now you can say, "Hmm, I'm going to go out with this one. I'm going to say that's a no for me to this one. Yeah. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And something you mentioned before that I kind of want to, touch on is um I'm not gonna I'm this is good this this question is not well formulated so everyone bear with me for a quick second so I think something we talk about a lot in in to our listeners and people who write in is kind of the like the on paper stuff like this guy has the job I like he is whatever you know we're the same religion we're the same this like he fits those like on paper check marks that people are looking for mm-hmm. 
and that kind of story being the thing they buy into and it taking longer to realize that maybe he's not the right person or, you know, whatever. Um, but I think something you said that's interesting is like you had to kind of take into into consideration with, with the man you were with for three years, the fact that like he was on paper right for you and for your kids. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you like quiet all of those voices that are telling you that something's right because it's right on paper and really listen to what you know. Like, I think that's so admirable. And I just want to, like, I'm wondering your advice for other people who are trying to navigate, like, the matrix of this is right, but, like, is it really right? So I'm a Christian, and you're like, but you're an unwed single mom with two kids. Yes, I'm still a Christian. (laughs) That was a whole thing to work through, too, as well, right? And so, by the way, ladies, I don't know if y'all know this. I've been celibate, like, the last five years. So I go on dates, but no cookies, no cookies. (laughs) And and that was a cleaning out kind of phase for me, a a detox, because I was uh, active with the the guy that I was with for three years, but we waited as well in dating because I, you know, I just want to be sure about who I'm giving my body to, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the things I will tell you is being able to be celibate to where you're, you don't have the confusion of the sexual attraction. Cause sometimes, let me just tell you, and that's how I ended up with two children. Sometimes the sexual attraction is so strong that you're just like, oh, I'm going to overlook all the other stuff. I mean, God, you know, and then there comes a time when life, the fire is hot and whipping your behind and you're like, I don't even want sex from you. You have gotten on my absolute last nerve. Right. And so then the sex is no longer the strongest power. And you are able to see that this person just doesn't make me feel good about myself. And so I will tell you, because I'm a spiritual person, that I my spirit was unhappy. I just I just had this little knowing, right? Um, and what's the word for it that we could, could figure out? It was like the sixth sense saying, this is just, this isn't it. And so as I kept kind of, but I was like, no, on paper, he's amazing. We're having this amazing dinner. We're out, he's opening doors. He's such a gentleman. Everybody loves him. My mom loves him. My friends love him. Family loves him. Everybody loves him. And then I started noticing little things he would say, which would kind of chip away at my esteem. So when you say, how do you know? I think we pay attention to real life instead of the dream we have in our head. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I started right. noticing and noticing, and then I would tuck it away. And then it, those little things got so loud that it was itching away at my spirit. And I became unhappy while everybody else around me was smiling and excited. And I was just like, I can't do this. I can't be the woman who says, I'm going to be married because he was an attorney. I'm going to be married to a well-to-do attorney. And, you know, it's going to up-level my life. And, you know, my kids are going to this or that and well-connected and all this stuff. And I was I just, I can't do it. Because I've seen women that have done it. And, you know, kudos to them for sticking in and standing there. When I was younger, my grandparents and all these folks who were married 15, 60 years, they used to say, um, you have to give your man the benefit of the doubt. And even if he does things out in public, that's your relationship, at least you're married. But you know what? I began to challenge that. And that's what gave me the courage to be a single mom in the first place. Um, I was like, I'm not going to like be married to a guy who is sleeping around now. And we have two beautiful children. I just had a baby. The baby's two months old and I'm hearing about some other woman. First of all, AIDS is real, all these diseases out here. And I'm sick to my stomach that that you are doing this. And, um, you know, I just said, I'm not going to be that woman. I'm not going to be the woman with this, you know, my kid's dad. 
I'm not going to be the woman with the guy who looks good on paper. I'm not going to be the woman who makes concessions and isn't getting what she wants when she's giving so much. Because keep in mind, I'm an amazing girlfriend. I'm going to be a fabulous wife to somebody, right? But I get to choose who that is. Does that make sense? I understand that I have power. And I have power over my peace. And at that point, what I had chosen was affecting my peace. Completely. And I feel like that's the thing that I feel like, you know, Kimmy and I are at an age where a lot of people that we know are like getting engaged and we're going to a lot of weddings and blah, blah, blah. And not all the time at all, but there are definitely weddings I've been at where like these people are telling themselves a story Mm -hmm. and it's a story. You know, it is like Mm -hmm. as much a story as like the picture books and whatever. And it's, I think it's really admirable and really like takes a lot of like power and self-awareness that you have been able to be like, I'm not going to tell myself that story. I'm going to listen to myself and listen to like that quiet inner voice that, you know, tells me like, this is not right. Like it's very, that's what is cool about being a woman in 2019 is like, we get to be different than our mothers and our grandmothers and Mm -hmm. we get to like make different choices and, and define what we want. And and, and my boys, you know, people have told me this since they were little, and they tell me this even now. Your boys are so amazing. They're so well-respected. They're so well-behaved. And, you know, they could go and do some crazy crap today, and they're still my boys, and I love them. But so far, so good. You know, they're, like, all A students, excellent athletes, mm-hmm. you know, just good people. Today, I made the oldest take his brother to get a haircut. And he sends me a, a little video. He normally does little stuff like that, like to send me his location or whatever, something he's sending me his location. And so then I see, oh, he's sending me his brother's haircut. And then I look closely at the video and it's his brother coming back from giving a homeless man money. I, I, I wanted to cry oh. right now. <laughs> and it wasn't that he was recording that. It just happened to be what he was recording. And, you know, I'm like, it just made me feel so good. I felt like crying, like I, I'm raising good people and putting good people into the world. Because again, like I said earlier, it's important to me for somebody to be generous and kind. I'm not saying give all your money away and, you know, be a pushover. But if somebody is in need, it is important to me because I struggled as a young single mom, which is why mm-hmm. I have almost four degrees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have been in college five times because I was leveling up my education to level up my income to take care of my boys. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? And yeah, so it's, it's important to me to see women not struggle and to see families thrive. And for any man who thinks that, because um, we're fierce and we're fabulous, whether we're single or we're single mothers, um, that you have to come in and take care of us. That's not true. Um, we, we're going to work together to build something amazing and fabulous. And and that is the true um, loss for men who think that they would be bringing on a burden when they get a woman who has demonstrated that for 20 years she can hold a family down. Let me tell you something, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and a business. So I'm just saying we, we might want to start looking in the single mom category. There's some. Yeah. There's some <laughs> and yeah. like raise raise boys to be good people as teenage boys i don't know i know some adult men who i think are very good people who are still shitty teenage boys yeah yeah <laughs> that's that's like, impressive that's, that, like, teenage boys are the i am still just always trying to not talk to the teenagers and teenage boys in my life <laughs> but yeah well sorry i'm long-winded but hopefully not at all. no you're not no it's it's really no I I really appreciate this again not as a parent like dating can feel 
so hard and all of these things. Life can feel so hard. And then thinking about that and caring for two boys or whoever anyone who's listening might be caring for, like, you've got to give yourself a ton of credit. And, like, I just, I don't know. I'm sitting here, like, it's a jerk move for anyone to be overwhelmed by that. Like, it's okay to, you know, not be ready for kids or something. But it's, like, just open your open your mind and heart when you're dating. I think we could all do that. Um, so cheesy today. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. So I read an article in Cosmo a couple months ago, um, and it was this young lady about she wrote about why not to date a single dad. And she literally, you know, was in love with this guy. He had, he must have broken up with the ex when she was pregnant because the baby wasn't even a year when, when he and this girl started dating. And she talked about how it just really adjusted his life. And he was like, oh, I can't go on a date with you. I'm exhausted. I've worked all day and now I have the baby. This is my time to have the baby. So if you want to come over, we can hang out and watch movies and she come and then, you know, he'd be passed out tired or the baby's crying. But she also got attached to the baby mm-hmm. and she eventually realized that in her 20s, she wasn't ready to be dating a guy in his 30s who had a young son that he mm-hmm. was now, you know, very focused on being present for. And so there are those moments when we have to balance. So if you do choose to date a single parent, it is true that the kids come first. And when you're in a marriage relationship, you have to have the husband and wife come first, then the kids, because if you don't, then everything's going to crumble. But when it's a single parent, it's just them. So they've got to make sure those kids are there. And so you kind of need to to come in knowing that you're going to have your time and they still need to show up over here. So my, my advice would be to jump in but also have boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, I think she was doing too much. And had she talked to me, I would have said, girl, let him let go out on dates when it's not his weekend to have the baby, you know, or make sure that you have set times. And he had, he agrees to adhere to it because you, you've also got to have that break. Mm-hmm. And let me tell y'all, that was the big thing that finally got me out to dating. Cause I love these little boys of mine, but let me tell you, I needed adult time. <laughs> when they were little, oh, I need adult conversations and I need adult time and I need to feel like a woman and I need to feel beautiful. And I need to have those moments where I get dressed up and I do my hair because I had some ugly seasons, ladies. <laughs> I had some seasons with the frumpy clothing and the hair pulled back in a ponytail and it was not cute. And thank God there are no pictures. <laughs> I mean, when I babysit my niece for like four or five days in a row, I'm like, I don't know how my sister ever takes a shower. You, like, yeah. I, it's not, I get it. It's not easy. So Are you um, me? I used to take the kids in car seats and in, into the shower. That's how you take a shower. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm always stuff that, yeah, I think you don't think about until you have a kid and then you're like, oh my God, like I have been wearing the same t-shirt for three days. That might just be a me problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit. No. That's like right. But um, on the flip side of that, so so I feel like you spoke a little bit to uh, the experience of dating, dating someone. Um, oh my god, I cannot speak. <laughs> dating someone, going into dating someone with a kid, and uh, understanding their boundaries. As for our listeners who are single moms, maybe some single dads. I think mostly single moms are our listeners. But if there's any single dads, we love you too. How do you how do you recommend like communication, communicating those boundaries to people you might be dating? To saying like. I do care about you. Things are great. My kids come first. Always, you know, like, yeah, yeah. You know what? So you said something earlier about this list, this, this list we have, he's got to be tall, dark and handsome, have great credit, be mm-hmm. great dad, you know, so my religion and, you know, all this stuff that we have. And then we never get to, he's good to me. 
He has his own vision for life. Um, he believes in family. His morals are intact. He would he would um, fight for me as, as well as my kids. Things that really show true character. Um, you know, that's what we really need to be honing in on. So as you were saying that earlier, I thought, yeah, we need to kind of talk about this list situation. So when you when you finally figured out that you have that kind of person in your life, don't run them away by saying, well, my kids always come first or whatever. I, I wouldn't talk to any man that I care about like that, but sometimes we do, right? Sometimes in life, until we learn better, we do that thing. So let's stop doing that. And let's just have like great little conversation. And that just says, you know what, this is new for me. I'm, I'm so into you right now and I'm really enjoying our time. But I am trying to balance, uh, making sure that I'm spending great time with you as well as with the kids. And so um, let's let's just kind of talk about what, happened this weekend that was so crazy because I, I could look on your face and tell that you were upset that we didn't get to go out on our date because my kid, you know, whatever, got sick and had to go to the emergency room or whatever, whatever the thing is. Talk to them about it because we don't do enough communication. And, you know, we say that men don't like to talk and women do all the talking, but that's not true. They're thinking. They may not talk as fast as us. They may not use all the words we use. Um, but but they, they can speak. And so give him the opportunity. I would just like have a conversation sooner than later and not in a way that, you know, seems like you're angry or upset or, you know, telling him his place. But there are boundaries. So if there was this young girl who, you know, the guy said, hey, I need you to come over and help me clean up, you know, the house or he, now you're becoming maid and you're becoming wife and you're, you're like mom and y'all aren't married and this is three, six months in, you're doing too much. He needs to get a maid. He needs to clean it up himself. Hmm. Stop. You know, there are some things that we do that people are just like, oh, well, okay, she's doing that. Now I'm going to say yes to it. You haven't put a boundary. Okay. The boundary should be, yep. I'm girlfriend. I come over, we hang out, we go do these things here. This is what I like. I'm not cleaning your kitchen. Right. Mm -hmm. And I am a mom and I have two boys and I'm a wiper. And I made the mistake of cleaning up my ex's apartment, not because I wanted to, because he was a, a slob. And if I was going to be hanging out over there, I needed it to be a little bit cleaner. Makes sense. And then I realized, I told him one day, I said, you got to get a maid because I'm not going to keep dating you. And I come over here and this looks like this. This is ridiculous. You're a grown man. And you know what he did? He got a mate. <laughs> and, and, and it's not hard. And so I, I think before you have that conversation, don't have it upset, don't have it heated. Kind of think about if you're feeling like your mate is asking you to do too much. Like early when I told you my spirit was just super uncomfortable, it was, it was too much. The way he was be beginning to treat me, which was so different from the first two years, but that's okay because that's life, right? You have mm -hmm. to be willing to let go of what's not good for you so you can make room for what is. I truly believe that, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be 42 and single saying this to you if I didn't think that Mr. Amazing was going to pop up in my life. Mm -hmm. Now, not just because he's going to poof and appear, but because I'm ready for him. There's a mm -hmm. difference in wanting to date and being ready. Make sense? Yeah, totally. We, we talk about that a lot. Yeah. yeah. And doing so, the work to know what you want, you know, like it takes yeah. all these experiences to know, like, I mean, I feel like I'm still doing that work of yeah. like, well, what is it that I want? You know, like it's, you gotta, you gotta you know mix okay. some things. Yeah. 
okay if you're not in the relationship, you know, it's okay that you're living your life and having fun and doing this amazing podcast and putting good work into the world. It's okay. That's another thing that society puts pressure on our aunties, our moms. You're not married yet. You know, of course I get to hear this every time when I come home and I look at them and I'm like, I've seen some of y'all's marriages. I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) If that's what I'm going to get, I'm good. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So on your own terms, right? With the yeah. person you actually like. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, I thank you so much. I feel like this just <laughs> so much wisdom that truly I think will translate to our listeners who don't have kids as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like on your own terms. I really like that phrase. Just it's really it's been great chatting with you. And where can everybody find you on social, your book? Thank you so much. Well, girls, this was fun. Okay, so <laughs> Kwanda Lamb everywhere. I'm at kwandalamb.com. You can find me on Instagram. I'm always dropping some quotes and a little bit of knowledge here and there. My two books are on my website as well and on Amazon. The first book is The Guide to Life. It is called Do It Anyway, The Single Mom's Guide to Living Life and Achieving Her Goals. And I wrote that book at the end of 2015, because people kept asking me, how do you get, how did you get to this happy place? And so I put all the 12 steps. I sat and I thought about it. It took me a year and a half to kind of put it all together. And I was like, I don't want to just write a quick book. I don't want to write something inspirational and that'd be it. I want to write inspirational, empowering, and actual steps. And so each chapter at the end, there's a place for you to write and there are action steps and questions. So that, you know, the first chapter is heal. So for my girls who know they want to date, but they still got a little bit of that baggage, that's your chapter. Chapter two is find your why, because we all need to know our purpose. And when my kid's dad left me, I was working for a mortgage company and I was like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I had to go on that journey to figuring out what's my why. And three is finding your tribe, because you need people to help you when you're a single mom. You need to build your community. And I, you know, share with people how my tribe was a lot of married women, a lot of single women, a lot of single moms. It was, it was everything. It was everybody. Does it make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, Because sometimes we have these stigmas and we think, oh, well, my friends are married now, so we can hang out because I'm a single mom. No, we we need to keep connected and we need to love on each other. Because you know what? I ended up helping my married friends along the way too. They needed babysitters and I needed a babysitter. And so anyway, that's where y'all can find me. I'd love to hear from you. I actually have a dating confidence course out there and um, I do a dating confidence challenge. And so it's called the good love challenge. And um, it just really, really takes you through these steps of am I ready and what do I want? So thanks for having me. Amazing. Thank you so much, Kaywanda. This is great. Amazing. And everybody listening, we're going to link to everything that Kaywanda just talked about in the show notes below. Check her out. And yeah, thank you. This has been amazing. And you know, this is a longer up, but we haven't delivered a worst first date in a while, so I'm going to read one. Hi, ladies. Love the podcast. Uh, when you did a call in the last episode for spontaneous dates, I had to write in because this is also one of my worst first dates. Two summers ago, I was bored on my couch in Greenpoint. Woo, Greenpoint. Greenpoint is the neighborhood in Brooklyn where I used to live. So just, just we love it there. We love it there. Swiping through apps. I think it was OkCupid. I don't even remember. I match with a guy. We start chatting. Realize we're both in the same neighborhood and bored, so we meet up for a date. We go to Lake Street. Seven out of ten dicks. A good generic first date bar. Ooh, I like out of ten dicks. Helpful. And sit outside. Lake Street was my dive bar. 
That's went to so Lake funny. Street all the time. Yeah. It is not that old of a dive bar, but it feels like an old dive bar. It's just like always air conditioned, always cheap beer. Really nice bartender, Benzies. The right, like we've shouted him out totally. before. <laughs> the right volume of music, which for old ladies like me really matters. Yeah, it's there, but it's not too loud. It's like Minnesota. It's actually the, the old steady and spoon. Like we're involved in founding it, and it's a Minnesota bar. I just really appreciate it. I Love thought it. we met Steven Spielberg's <laughs> son outside of it one night, and then I realized he was absolutely lying. <laughs> And that was my last night in New York before Oh my Michelle god, I. yeah. And I was hammered. And this he guy looked so much like Steven Spielberg. He did look so much like Steven Spielberg. Okay. <laughs> I like it. It's a funny story. Tony will never let us live wow. it down. But we thought we met Steven Spielberg. Like, we're really sure. Son. And Sorry. then I Googled Steven Spielberg and I was like, he doesn't have any sons on Not that son. Um, okay, so back to her date. He starts smoking pot. Not a huge deal, but I don't often partake. And it's a small backyard. This is a bowl. I feel like it's less of a deal in 2019. This is in the backyard of Lake Street, He's mind you. a bowl in the backyard of a bar? Yeah. That's pretty aggressive, and I do smoke pot. I think I get worried on the beach in California where it is fully legal to be doing that. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, no, you're being cool. He asked if I want some or mind. I told him no thanks. I don't smoke that often. He keeps smoking and talking about himself. Finally, I ask him if I can take a hit. He says no. He won't let me. It was super awkward. Super weird. What? He offers it and then says no? Yep. Meanwhile, my friend Hanley Male is on a date. Female. So with a female, this becomes all important later. I asked him if they wanted to meet up. Maybe some more people would say this date. My date's okay with the plan, but keeps calling my friend she, even though I keep correcting him. We also learn we live across the street from each other. My kitchen and living room face into my date's apartment. No. Yet, this date keeps going. We walk to the pencil factory, another bar, to meet my friend. It's not a short walk, and I will attest to that. He keeps smoking and talking about himself. We order a drink. We're sitting at the bar when my friend, strong emphasis on friend, Hanley, the guy from before, thinks it's funny to come up behind us, put his hands on this guy's shoulders, and say, what are you doing with my daughter? The guy totally panicked. My friend quickly apologized. Also, (laughs) that's hilarious. That's so funny. I'm going to do that in the next week. That's, I want to be friends with Hanley. Give him my number. I know. The guy totally panicked. My friend quickly apologized. And his date was mortified, so Hanley's date was mortified, but super nice. They said, sorry, we'll go sit on the other side of the bar. I've never seen someone pull out their phone and get into an Uber so fast. My date was just like, nope, I'm out of here, bye. I mean, I totally don't entirely blame him, but also, this is fucking fun. And by out of here, I mean across the street from where I live. I hung out with my friend and his date, hoping it would be safe to head home. I got a message from my date on the app saying, I don't know what weird sex thing your boyfriend and you are into but I'm not interested so the date assumed that her fr- oh well, boy well cause he was so fucking high yeah yeah also what? like that's a hilarious <laughs> joke I know like I don't oh sure my oh my god goodness. oh god do you have to look at him all the time in his yep. apartment next okay. sentence to this day I still live across the room and have to avoid eye contact in the laundromat don't go on dates with people who live that close anyways this has gotten too long honestly this is a good length cause you needed all these details uh, shortly after you started the pod, I met an incredible gla- guy, and now he lives with me across from this creepy dude. And my boyfriend, her current boyfriend, is also a foreman, Brooklyn, Brooklyn ADA, assistant district attorney? Yes. I only know that from um, SP, Law and Order SPO. And it says, we 
stalk the guy your roommate saw when she was robbed. So if you don't remember, my roommate Sarah, who's been on the pod, who was robbed and went to court and had a very cute DA. I don't know how they kind of stalked him, but just like tried to figure it out. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and are trying to make that happen. <gasps> yes! Several ADAs have listened to the pod. So maybe like oh, trying to... yeah. My fun. God. Basically there's like a crush and like a how do I ask someone out in the wild. It might be that episode, but this was just a fun little side note and it's XOXO from Greenpoint. And we uh, we will give a joint toast at the wedding if the podcast... <laughs> we made another relationship. Oh my God. Incredible. <laughs> wow. That's that's an amazing story. Thank you so much for writing in. Do give Hanley my number for friendship. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But not kidding. That's like, I feel like a model of how to write a worse first. Yeah. I loved it. That's like incredible. It's just uh, wild and mwah, mwah. Italian finger kisses for finger everyone. Finger kisses. And you know, on that note, follow us on social and we love you and go on a date. Go on a date.